1: All right. We are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Chris Linger with us from Upplex. Chris is a seasoned investor getting started way back in 2006 before the the epic crash we had back then in 2008. Chris has a lot of experience um, from, from back then. I will let him tell his story, but I am super excited to have you on, Chris. Thank you very much for hopping on the show.
0: Appreciate it, Gabe. Thanks for the invite.
1: Absolutely, um I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. I know you got a good one, so why don't you take us back to the beginning, way back
0: in two thousand six? how'd you get started in real estate? Yeah, so um I'm actually a twenty six year veteran of the Navy, and through that, we moved around a good bit and picked up uh, uh properties here and there along the way, so accidental landlord kind of thing uh. <laughs> But about halfway through my career, somebody mentioned, you know, if you own like 10 homes by the time you retire, you'll be set for life uh, type of thing. And I, I enjoyed once I started that process of being a landlord as opposed to just selling them when we left type of thing. And that's it was an incredible concept to me. And uh, so that would be that was the 2005, 2007 timeframe when we left that that, that particular one uh that started me off fast forward about 10 years i met my now wife uh between us we had about four apartments uh four doors in 2017 is when we met by 2020 we had grown to 35 wow so we found that partnership was a huge a huge factor uh for growth um in 2020 is when i retired september of 2020 i retired from the military and we switched to the syndication model uh we had already been looking at it but because of my active duty she was a reservist uh we just didn't we didn't feel right being in charge of other, other people's money um with the potential to deploy and and lose access to internet and all that good stuff so we held off until uh one of us was out since then uh we have sold most of our portfolio we we Took that money that from the sales of those where we tripled most of our investment uh, dollars, and we went into a couple of joint ventures with mobile home parks, self storage. We've done a few notes when we sold those properties. We did some seller financing for down payments that have allowed us to continue to cash flow for properties we no longer own. And then, um, and then we moved into syndications. We went into mentorship for that and we now are in uh, over 1800 apartments as general partners and another 1000 apartments as passive wow that is uh, that is quite the trajectory
1: it sounds like the bulk of the activity happened within the last 3 years which i just want to highlight because it just goes to show when you really are are have your eye on the prize of Financial freedom—it can happen very quickly. Um, I know you had a few properties before that, but people always think it'll take you know 20 years to to reach their goals. It won't if you really focus in on it. Um, so, so it sounds like you sold most of your properties to you divested divested of your portfolio to move into commercial. Um, what just kind of walk me through that process? You know your your thought process. Why did you sell what you had and and focus in on the commercial side of things?
0: So we had everything from a single family to an eightplex, uh, most of which were quadplexes, and we were self-managing, mm. um, which is a huge time suck, especially when they're spread out across Austin. Uh, we're from Austin, Texas. Uh, that's where the majority of the portfolio was. We had a little bit in Colleen, a little bit in Temple. Those were about an hour away. Uh, self-managing, we had the systems in place to deal with it all, but it still was a lot of extra work, and so we were looking and- for. You were
1: self-managing while
0: working, correct? for the For the last three years of my career, yeah, yeah, we okay. were. Um, and uh, my wife is also anesthesia uh, and was working in operating rooms and stuff like that as well. So um, there was a, a, a lot of different factors there that came into play. But we wanted stuff that was a little bit more hands off. Where we had somebody else doing the day to day, and we're more responsible for the the monthlies, the bookkeeping, the the processes in place, stuff like that. Um, we had done um, before we knew for sure that I was getting out. We looked at notes as mm-hmm. a possibility, so we did some training for notes, and that's why we felt comfortable when we when we sold. We did that seller financing and took on a mortgage, a second second position mortgage, uh, so that we could maintain the income even though we were selling off things. So we went from 35 doors. Now we only own three, one of which is our primary. Wow. So oh, wow. The, as far as the, the that portfolio goes.
1: Yeah. Oh. And it's really interesting that you chose to sell with seller financing. I, you know, on this podcast, every time I get an opportunity, I, I like to tout the benefits of seller financing. I think it's a benefit for the buyer. I think it's a benefit for the seller. Um, but it's interesting. Most people don't choose to use seller financing. So why did you... Why did you make that decision to go through and, uh, and sell your properties with owner financing?
0: Sure. So our entire portfolio, we owned ourselves, those 35 doors. If we were to sell all of those, and I had just retired, so all of our income would have shifted. There, there would have been almost nothing. And um, we, what we did was we had them still do a primary for their original banknote. note. And then the seller financing side we it was investors that we already knew that had their own portfolio here in austin Mm. and so we the very first property we did a lien on one of their other properties that we knew had enough equity in it to be able to to withstand that and then every property after that they just um did the second note on the property they had just purchased from us so we already knew the properties really well and that gives us a cash flow um, I think for those five notes, we're bringing in roughly six or seven thousand dollars a month. Not bad. So, so it worked out well for us. Yeah, and um, and those guys, like you said, it's a buyer benefit because they were able to get in these properties for like three and five thousand dollars for like an yeah. eight hundred thousand dollar property or two hundred fifty thousand dollar property. You know, anywhere's in between.
1: Yep. And I'm actually uh, I'm selling a property right now as we speak. We are in the closing process um and I'm giving them 6% or no 5% interest while current rates are almost 7. Um so there's also the benefit of you, if you negotiate with the seller correctly, sometimes you can get interest rates that are lower than you would in a in a conventional bank. So um yeah. huge fan of uh, of seller financing sounds like you already had these relationships in place though. So this was not a retail buyer. You didn't list it on the market um, and sell a finance it that
0: way. Um, I will say we had two of the properties that were listed on the market. Originally, we had buyers for those and we were open to that. Um, and then as these, as this other group bought some of our other stuff off market, um, that became a conversation. Uh, we just weren't sure if we were going to be able to work out a sales price. And, uh, we, obviously we ended up doing that. So, um, and we did long-term, long-term financing with them so that we knew we would have this repetitive income for a while, uh, for some of that and, uh, interest only for like a four or five year period. So they had time to grow their, uh, rental income on their side before they really, really started making the long bigger payments.
1: Nice. And that's exactly the, the structure that I do interest only on the, on the front. And then um, usually, I do a balloon at uh, at three or four years with an option to extend if rates if they're not able to find financing. So, love to yep. hear that. Love that you're uh, a seller financing uh, um, convert over there or, or, <laughs> or proponent. Let's talk about management real quick because you said that you one of the reasons that you decided to divest yourself of the properties is because of the time suck. It was it was really ragging down on your guys's time. I know a lot of uh, single family investors when they get into self management, they realize that it's not as passive as they thought, and they are looking for ways to uh, to kind of reduce the time requirement. Um, so walk me through how the how you kind of transitioned your management. Um, from you know just just yourselves to uh, to did you hire property managers? Did you you know third party property managers? What did you do there?
0: Sold it all. <laughs> oh, so you
1: don't have any third-party property managers anymore. You don't have any, any portfolio or any properties that you're managing.
0: We have the three, the three doors that we currently have. Uh, we do as midterm rentals. And actually, right before this uh, podcast, we reached out to somebody local who runs midterm rental uh, portfolio. We're, we're going to sign with her uh, okay. more than likely okay. to um, manage those fully. Right now for the last two years or so, we've been managing them ourselves and it's been good being midterm rentals. It's like every three months you're on, you're dealing with the tenants, uh, uh, trying to switch out tenants, but we still get the occasional phone call. So at the moment we're managing 1800 units as apartment syndicators. I would rather focus in that direction. We have more freedom of time and space. Uh, Having to manage the ones where we are, it still takes a little bit of your time not as much but uh, what we saw in that process is that when you feel like you can afford a property manager get one yeah you will yep. you will get back so much of your time and that is that is so valuable for you your family you can focus on your regular business whatever it is or growing your business
1: yep absolutely um so transitioning a little bit, to your current business you guys are sounds like your gps your lps your everything and above on the commercial side doing syndications um you you spoke my love language when it came comes to real estate i love self-storage and uh, and you already talked about that so how did you decide to kind of focus in on the self-storage mobile home park uh asset classes
0: so uh great question we were actually in a mastermind with um some basic general, all around, little bit of everything type of group. And one of the folks in there is a a self-storage guru and another one is a mobile home park guru. Hmm. And so for like six or nine months, we're watching these guys, listening to their business plan and uh, an opportunity came up to joint venture with them. And so we of course jumped on them and those have been great little cash cows. The interesting thing to the first deal, uh, the, the first storage deal, was it was her first purchase um, of her own that um, she was going to be the first time manager, all this, all this stuff. But we were experts with long distance management, business management, because while we had our 35 doors, what I didn't tell you is I was in San Diego. My wife was on the East Coast. The properties were all in Austin. Oh, man. So we had systems in place. So we know how to build those things she knew how to run the self-storage stuff. Uh, We used the ESS and all that for the the management, basic management. Anyways, um, we lucked out. We were selling one of our duplexes to another friend of ours that was getting out of the military. We got the money for that. And just as the bank was telling us that they would not loan on the self-storage because none of us were in North Carolina. It was in Charlotte, just outside of Charlotte. None of us were in North Carolina and uh only the the one guy that had experience wasn't willing to sign on the loan mm. and right there on the spot when she told us in this zoom call, uh looked at her, looked at my wife and i said, "We've got the money, we can be the bank and so we've we financed the we're the bank on that property still. um it's been twenty months roughly, and uh we should be we're, we're looking to refinance it or sell, and um we'll do really well with that.
1: Nice. Well, congratulations. I love to hear success stories. Um, of the two, you—it sounds like you're in apartments too. But uh, if you kind of had to choose a favorite child, I know it's hard. But if you had to choose a favorite child of the the three asset classes, I guess multifamily, um, mobile home parks, and self storage, which one is your favorite so far?
0: Sure, it, it's not even a question. Multifamily is where we okay. we focus. That is our focus because of the depreciation. The um, net worth generation that you can get, uh, which would then later turns into um I guess I'll say cash flow on the on the back end, you know, cool. when you sell those properties. Um there's there's a bigger a bigger return on those uh on that side of it all. What we do like about mobile home parks and self-storage is there's good cash flow. And so with the multifamily that we get into, we can write off that cash flow. Yep.
1: Yep. Makes sense. Yep. All right. Well uh we're running down on the time before we move over to the quick question that Brown though, it would be remiss of myself if I didn't, uh, broach the, these topic that you actually put down as your title, which is how to protect yourself in a down market. Um, you know, we're coming, coming into what would be a down markets. Uh, we're, well, I guess we're in a down market right now, but so kind of walk us through that. What is your, what's your strategy for entering a, uh, uh, 2008 you know 2023 sort of uh, depression
0: sure so we're already seeing some of these uh deals that have been purchased uh with covid there was a large amount of shift from long-term agency debt because they were requiring such high reserves to uh variable rate variable interest rates and a lot of people didn't cover themselves well mm. so for us, uh, the deals we've gone into, we do rate caps um, so that it limits how high the, the mortgage payment can go. And uh, But we're looking to take advantage of those opportunities that are coming up where the property isn't performing like it should to be able to cover these higher interest rates because nobody at the time, nobody was expecting them. Um, we feel that real estate is one of the best hedges against inflation for your money. You know, you're putting in today's dollars and you're getting out tomorrow's dollars. So uh, you can't you just can't beat that that opportunity. So we're trying to offer uh, as many different opportunities as we can. Uh, we'd really like to try to do about six syndications this year uh, to be able to open this up for for investors to be able to help them on their journey. And um, I know that's kind of a, a broad and vague answer to some extent, uh, but really we're looking at the performance of that property today to make sure that it's going to be able to to hit where we need it to be on the um the returns for the for the tenants or excuse me for the investors we try to write very conservatively we don't um jump over on the side of uh the market will be better later you know we we always underwrite as if the market's going to be worse when we go to sell so that we can make sure we're going to perform and, uh and then the rent bumps we tra- we keep those very minimal uh, after the after the first year we keep them very minimal to organic rent growth for the market
1: yep absolutely i think uh, that, that is such a difficult and important lesson to learn in real estate is when you're underwriting make sure to hedge in the on the side of things going poorly um because you really do not know the future even if you're in you know, if you were in 2019, 2020, it looked like the the market was just going to keep going up. Um, but that's never the case. There are always swings in the market, and so uh, shit can hit the fan. Especially if you have something like a, a variable interest rate, um, it could really bite you if you haven't built in some kind of cushion in your underwriting. And I know when you get into certain deals, you just really want it to work, and uh, you just want to hedge hedge it a little bit and say, "Oh, it'll it'll be fine. I'll recoup this." in, uh, appreciation, you know, the market's going to improve, whatever. Don't do that. Don't, don't put yourself in that kind of situation. So, um, right on, it looks like we are at time. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. Starts with books. I'm a big bookie. So give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific.
0: Um, real estate specific, I would say, um, there's the 12 week year uh, that really is, it, it's actually biz- more business, I'll say, than real estate, but business and life, uh, maybe I went backwards. Uh, it really would help you with life. You know, if you've got your goals, you're setting your goals for the year, if you can bring those, everybody underestimates what they can do in, t- in long distance terms. Five year, ten year, even your one year goals—you can actually accomplish them much faster if you look at them as a twelve week year instead. You can get so much more done and so much more accomplished. So that—that was an amazing book, a real good eye opener, Um, and um, real estate side. Man, we read so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I would say. rocket fuel if you can if you have like for our business Maricela is a visionary i'm the integrator and if you can get the right two people together you can take off like rocket fuel that book was amazing for our business because it really does go in that in that direction like you have to have somebody looking forward and there's so much stuff going on in the background that needs to get put together to be successful and make sure that you're doing the things that you say you're going to do, that it it takes two very competent people, but competent in different skills to come together and be able to make that happen. And it's just amazing. Nice. And that is why good partnerships are
1: gold. If you got a good one, if you can find a good one, it is definitely worth it, um, especially when you guys have those complimentary skills. And that brings us to the next question. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Chris who was just uh, he was still in the military 2006 buying that for house, first house go back to him look him in the eye give him one piece of advice moving forward
0: absolutely if you get a hold of an asset don't get rid of it don't get rid of it just to get rid of it utilize it build it like take your time with that thing and it will be worth so much more in the future that's, that's probably my biggest regret is th- I thought about keeping the very first house and well, we knew we weren't going back to that space. And so we sold it, very minimal profit, nothing to gain over time. We weren't able to take advantage of depreciation. So those that's probably my biggest is, is once you get an asset, keep it for a while, enjoy it. And that same
1: sentiment is echoed across so many different uh, episodes. Every investor, I feel like once they get into real estate, they sell their first few properties and they're like, God damn it. I wish I didn't do that. But good piece of advice. Let's move on to the next question. This is for your strengths. All of us are gifted with Superman strengths that we uniquely give this world. So what is your unique strength?
0: I will say I am not Rain Man, but when it comes to numbers and crunching numbers, I I have a really good recollection. Of like we can talk about almost any deal that we've done and I've probably got the numbers in my head ready to roll. Um, I so I, I I'm able to calculate those things pretty quick on their own as well. But once we have a deal going, like it's I can compare things, I can like it that's my superpower is working with on I'm I'm, an, I'm a I'm a walking Excel sheet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm jealous. That sounds uh sounds pretty blissful. All right. Uh, to the next question. This is about the United States. There's a lot of square miles out there, a lot of opportunity to invest. So what is one market you are most excited about investing in today?
0: I'm going to say Dallas-Fort Worth.
1: Ooh. Oh, I love that one. I I'm, That's my oh. favorite too. I've been looking for more self-storage. So I we've,
0: jumped in, but yes, Dallas is great. <laughs> yeah. We've got three properties up there right now. Loving it. We're doing really well. Um, and we've made some great partnerships up there too.
1: Yep. Dallas is great. Actually, when I went and did a a due diligence trip on one of my uh, self-storage facilities down down there, I was just surprised at one, how big it is. Dallas-Fort Worth is massive. And then just the airport. I swear to God, I was driving like a half hour through that airport and I didn't even get to the other side. So uh, big things down in Texas, as they say. Uh, Moves us on to the next question. This is mentors. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants so who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today
0: um our syndication mentor taught us everything from the broker all the way to the closing table brad sumrock uh apartment investor mastery is his program and uh he actually has something at the end of march so if people are interested please reach out uh it might be close on this uh when this when this releases but uh, sumrock has been doing it for 20 years and, uh, we had friends that were in the program that, that just added value, you know, when they, when they came back and, and told us their story. So. All right. Well,
1: thank you, Brad, for helping Chris get to where he is today. That moves us on to the second to last question. Um, this is tools, tools form the backbone of every business. So what is one tool you could not live without?
0: Uh, one tool that I could not live without in real estate would be a property manager.
1: All right. Property managers are key. And, uh, you, you know, that is a great tool to have in your, uh, in your tool belt, especially because doing it yourself is a time suck as we talked about earlier. So leads us to the very last question. This is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice, a lot of things to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. What is the best way for them to do that?
0: I would say go to up-plex.com, upplex.com. You can fill out uh, an investor inquiry, contact us, schedule an appointment, whatever you need to do. But that's the easiest way to get in touch with us, up-plex.com. All right, up-plex.com. I will put that URL in
1: the show notes. So If you all want to reach out to Chris, just go ahead and click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description, and in there you can find Chris's URL. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show, Chris. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Gabe. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the com. And if you guys want to support the show, all I ask is that you give us a like, subscribe, share, whatever it is. That's um, the best way to support us over here. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day. Keep rocking real estate and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done,